don't know about you, but I feel his presence here this morning in a very powerful way. Always love that song anyway. You know, how many of you have just those few songs on your list that almost anytime somebody sings it, you're like, oh yeah, oh yeah, more, more, more. They hit several of those for me today, so. But as I sing that line, filled with wonder, awestruck wonder. You know what hit me is just right in that moment, it just it just hit me. You know, I think that so many times, and please understand what I'm saying here, so many times we we want to go after awe moments with God, but as in awe, that's cute. Instead of pursuing awe-struck moments. We have an awe-striking God. You know, I, how many remember being Father's Day? How many remember, can remember far enough back where you were just in awe of your dad? I mean, I remember thinking my dad can fix anything. And I was shocked when I broke a toy or something and I would go to him and, and he would have to say, I'm sorry, there's nothing I can do for that one. I was just blown away. He's like, how could you not fix this? And I think we have a heavenly father. And I know as we came in, I was, I was going around, I was telling everybody I knew that a father, happy Father's Day. But maybe we need to tilt our heads up a little bit and say, Happy Father's Day. And push past the awe moments to just awestruck wonder. I mean, think about your worst moment in life. And because of that, He sent His Son to die on the cross for us so that we can stand here today standing in right relationship with our Father. We're living in a world that is is falling apart because so many people, a big cause is because they don't have right relationship with their Father and they don't have right relationship with the Heavenly Father. And we can chase all the political solutions we want. But it won't get right until we get those things right. Can we just sing that chorus one more time, just in a worshipful manner? Yes.
Father, we come before you this morning. We give you praise to your name. We invite your presence into this room today. And Lord, into each home that is watching online, may they feel your presence. May they know your anointing and know that you are with them. We just say thank you to our Father in heaven. Thank you for loving us. Thank you that because of the work of Jesus on the cross, that we can stand in right relationship with you. But we praise you and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated if you like. Well, if nobody said it to you yet, happy Father's Day. I, uh, I have uh, a couple of things that I want to do this morning. We have some tools that are here. And um, so you should, if you came in, you should have been given, if you're a father, you should have a ticket like this. And so is there anybody that does not have a ticket? Because, all right, make sure that you grab one real quick and we'll get, uh, I want to make sure that, uh, that when we draw for prizes here, uh, John, if you put that one in here, make sure we're not missing anybody. All right, we're going to be uh, drawing here. Uh, today's message, I've given the title, title Dad Tools, and so you'll learn more about that in a little bit. But uh, I've got a little tool set we're going to give away. I think we have one more. It's just a nice little kit. It's got sockets and a little screwdriver and things like that with a nice handle you can carry it around. And so I'm going to draw for that real quick. And so be looking at your tickets. I'm just going to call out the last three digits. And the last three digits are 207. 207. All right, Jeremiah. I also have here a, um, a drill bit set. And I'm going to do this one a little bit not, a little bit differently. I know that we have a lot of people that are watching online that couldn't be with us today. And so here's what I'm going to do. The first person that can go to our church Facebook page and tell us why you want it and put the word drill bit set in there, or just drill bits, we're going to track you down and this is yours, all right? So log in on Facebook and you can do that. Now I've got some wrenches to give away, all right? Two, two, zero. Two, all right. Yeah. And then once again, for those watching online, the first person that put a message on our Facebook page with the word screwdrivers in it, these are yours, all right? And we'll figure out a way to get those to you. I don't know about you, but I love being a father. And I'm finding out that I'm really, really loving this idea of being a grandfather. Um, I was telling somebody this morning that just a few weeks ago, uh, the kids came over, we were having a game night, and, and little Bethel, our 
our first grandchild, little granddaughter, just a little baby, and, and I'm sitting there, and we've played some games, and I'm sitting there, and I'm holding her, and I'm talking to her, and she's looking at me, and it came my turn to play again, and I said, you know what? You guys carry on without me. I'm, I'm good right here. Uh, to me, that was more precious than any game we could play. But Father's Day should be a big deal. You know, we all know that Mother's Day is a huge deal, right? And matter of fact, I was thinking about this. If you forget Mother's Day, you will probably be in the doghouse until Father's Day. You know, but as I was also thinking about that, so many times on Mother's Days, we, we build the mothers up, we, we exalt them, we, we talk about the virtues of a mother and how incredible they are, and we say thank you, and I'm guilty of this too, but I was thinking about this this week, that many, too many times on Father's Day, it's actually been, dads, here's what you're not doing right. It's, it's, been a, it's been a, dads, I'm afraid, have left sometimes from Father's Day services feeling a little beat up. And so we don't want that today. I do want you to be encouraged. I want you to be challenged. But so today, dads, this one is for you. I am determined. We're going to be upbeat. We're going to celebrate who you are as a father. Because guess what? It's good to be a man. Matter of fact, there's some great qualities about being a man. Most phone conversations only have to last 30 to 60 seconds. We can go on five-day vacations with one suitcase. When we're flipping through TV channels, we don't have to stop at every crying scene. Maybe at the explosions, but not the crying scenes. Car mechanics tell us the truth. And we can admire action heroes without having to go on a diet to look like them. But there are things that are specific to dads too. Think about this. As dads, I heard somebody make this statement this morning. As dads, we have our own category of jokes. There's a level of physical fitness that only we can obtain, and it's called dad bods. We have a superpower. We really do. We have the superpower and the capability of convincing our wives that any new project that needs to be done around the house, there's a tool or a gadget that we need to go buy to do that. And it doesn't matter if it has to sit there for weeks before we even touch it. But the truth is, fathers hold a high place in God's plan. And so many times we don't get the credit or the credit has been lost. See, the truth is, the further society runs from biblical principles, the more the role of the father is diminished. It's rampant in our society. It seems that, matter of fact, how many times when you watch a commercial or you see a show that the, that the father is cast as the one that needs a lot of help? 
That basically, they're a biological necessity, but not much good after that. And that's what we see a lot of times. But many men today, because of that, many men have put fatherhood in a bad light. Those that I would call deadbeat dads. And I'm not here to talk about deadbeat dads, but I, you know, part of the reason that I think we have so many deadbeat dads today is because they were raised by deadbeat dads. Is that there's a lack of what there needs to be. You know, I love the idea. I know that I'm blessed. I know that I had a dad that that showed me how to use many different tools. And, And there was, you know... My dad was a type that, you know, we were, when we were, got, my brother and I both got old enough to start driving, we were provided a vehicle, but it wasn't a new vehicle. It was one that needed help. But you know what I loved? Looking back on this, I treasured this. My dad would help us diagnose whatever the issue was that needed to be fixed with our vehicles, and then we would work together to fix it. I learned my way around so many tools. But more than those tools, I learned about our God-given dad tools because they were modeled before me. And I am so thankful for that, that I had somebody that showed me by example how to be a real dad. So my goal today is not to scold you for not doing your duties or anything like that, but to encourage you, to lift you up, to validate the importance of your position and, and, and the lasting impact that you can truly have. So as I thought about that, I, I went to 1 Corinthians 16, 13 through 14, and, and obviously Paul is talking to the church in Corinth here, but his statement it fits so perfectly. He, yes, he's talking about spiritual fatherhood here, but just listen to this. I mean, talk about a Father's Day scripture. This is a man's man scripture. You ready? Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. Was that not a Father's Day scripture? So the world may paint you to the contrary, but you truly were. There is an empowerment available. If we will follow Christ and do it, there's an empowerment available to be the man of God that we're supposed to be, to be that example. I mean, you know, have you ever thought about what your kids are going to say when your time is done? What kind of example you were? So this morning, we're going to take a few moments. I've got three tools here that I'm going to talk about that are, that are what I'm calling Father's Dad's Day kind of tools. First of all, I'm really proud of this one. Can everybody see that okay? Are we washing out the camera yet? Good. That was meant I intended to. We're going to talk about the bright dad. Because society paints dads as not being very bright. But I want to talk about the bright dad. I'm talking about, I'm going to talk about the dad that shines the way. You know, 
When God has given us these tools to be fathers, he wants, he intends for us to shine the way. He intends for us to light the path for our family. 3 John 1, 4 says this, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Boy, that ought to be the dream for us. You know, one of the things that I'm proud of, I was telling this the other day, I am so blessed that, that on practically every Sunday that I've got my family right here, that both of my boys this morning were helping to lead us in worship, that both of my daughters are involved in the church and involved in our lives, our daughter-in-laws, and, and, and just how blessed and how wonderful that is. I realize that, that the path God has for them may at some point take them somewhere else. I'm not looking forward to that day, but while they're here and while we get to do ministry together, I'm going to love and I'm going to enjoy every single part of it. Because to me, the greatest reward is watching that my kids are serving the Lord. So let's talk about that. But it doesn't just necessarily apply to, to your children, but to your spiritual children. How many know that we ought to, in, in a society, and this is a side point, but in, in our society that... That there's so many people that don't have that kind of influence in their life. For those of us that are following Christ, we ought to be looking for people that we can adopt as spiritual children and help point them in the right direction. See, because when we become fathers, we're not handed an instruction manual from the hospital. And if they did, it probably wouldn't be full of the best advice. And if they did... Us men wouldn't read it. So we got to figure it out. How do we manage? Because no one tells us how to manage our household. But there is something that happened. I will never, I mean, it was with Daniel and with Derek, but the first impact was when the doctor, when, when, when Derek was delivered and reached over after the cord had been cut and put Derek in my arms, and I took my child, my firstborn son, for the very first time in my arms, and all of a sudden I realized the weight of that moment. That I had a responsibility. I knew then in that moment what it was. I would lay down my life to protect this child. See, but there's tools that we need. There's tools that we need to do the job and to do it right. And they can't be bought at Home Depot. They can't be bought at Lowe's. You can only pick up these tools from a couple of very important sources. First of all, from our own fathers. Those that have a godly father's influence in their life have a leg up, a huge leg up. And that's indisputable. But, but even the great news is, even if we didn't have that, is that we can learn from our Heavenly Father. We can learn from our relationship with Christ. We can learn from His Word. Yes, we were given an instruction manual for life. We really were, and for fatherhood. Have you read it? But the truth is, today, about statistics tell us that about 40% of kids grow up without a dad at home. And if we're honest, even more than that, have an MIA dad at home. 
In far too many cases, we see moms are forced to, to carry on without a father's influence in the lives of their kids. And it's tragic. But as a father that is there, the best thing that we can do is pass on that legacy to the next generation. I, I, here not too long ago, I got an invite to the Elam's house for a deal. And, and I understand it was done with all the other sons, but uh, just known them long enough to be invited for Peyton's deal. And, and they do an incredible thing. They, each of their sons, they have picked out a sword that represents, that in some fashion, different type swords that represents, that fits their son. And they reach a point in, in time as a family where they do this ceremony and they present their son with a sword and read scriptures over him. And there's spiritual meaning and it's all tied together. It was the coolest ceremony to go be a part of. And I got to eat brisket too. <laughs> it was great. But I was watching that, and I thought, you know, how great is that, that there was something for their sons to grow up and to shoot for, and there was a passing of a sword, so to speak. You know, but far too many children today don't have that kind of encouragement, and so moms are required to step in and to fill in and to try to take on both roles. And just because sometimes it's left up to moms, I know moms that, there are moms that do incredible jobs. You know, I don't want to discount the moms because sometimes despite circumstances, there's just not a father figure in the picture. Kim's father passed away when she was six years old. So mom was the one that had to, to do the raising and had to fulfill both those roles. And she did an incredible job. They do have one sister that's in heaven now, but every other child is serving the Lord and most of them are involved in ministry. So mom did a great job. I know Meredith's mom, my daughter-in-law, her mom did an incredible job of raising their family in that absence of a father. You hear Fred Salter that's not here this morning, you hear him talking, his mom did a great job. So it can be done, but how much better when there's an active father in the home that is using the tools, that's shining the light in a right way. Because the greatest gift we can give is shining the light. And as fathers, I want to encourage you to let your, your light shine and light the way. And, and not, don't bypass, because we're so guilty of this, don't bypass teachable moments. That's one of the greatest things of fatherhood is those teachable moments, because there's going to be things that arise, and there's going to be things that can happen. And sometimes it can be so easy not to deal with it, to, to respond with what's convenient and let it go on by, but don't do that. Never bypass a teachable moment. Oh, my dad, he, there was all kinds of teachable moments. I would do something, and he, would, he wouldn't let it, he wouldn't let it slide by. He would stop, and he would take a moment, and he would used to teach me this is why this happened because you did this when you should have done that and he would lay it out. It's so important. Let your teachable moments 
Jesus used teachable moments. He's an example, right? He used them with his disciples all the time, even after they were grown. Are supposed to be grown. <laughs> when Peter asked the Lord, you know, how in the world are we going to pay our taxes? Jesus showed a perfect example of, of God's provision and said, you know what, Peter? Go fishing, catch the first fish, and you'll find a coin in its mouth. Use that to pay the taxes. That was an example of God will provide if you'll trust him. That is one of the best things we can teach our kids because we live in a world that is so caught up in, with possessions and all these things. And, and I like possessions too. Somebody here in a moment is going to possess some of these tools. But there is but there's something about showing that child and raising, you know, We've, we've, you know, I, you guys know, I mean, I talk about tithing and so forth, but we've lived that example in front of our children and they know that, you know what? And there's been all many times that I have told them, I said, you know what? Look how God provided. And that is a direct result of we're faithful no matter what the circumstance. We trust the Lord first. And he provides provision. He even fed 5,000 with five loaves and two fishes. We can trust him. Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9. Talk about lighting the way. This is the way that we can light the path for our families. It says this. God was giving down the, uh, the commandments. And he says this. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the doorposts of your houses and on your gates. In other words, what is he saying here? As you do life, light the way. Be the example. Show them how to live this thing out. So I guess if, you, if we were to take all that I'm talking about today and, and boil it down to one statement, it would simply be this. We all look forward to when that child finally says, Daddy, right? And, and it's exciting if they happen to say, Daddy, before Mama. So think about this, Daddy. The manly name for the father who impresses his children. This verse says to impress these things on your children. Daddy is the manly name for the father who impresses his children. We need to impress these values on our children. We need to lead by example. We need to light the way. So this morning... Since we're talking about lighting the way, get your tickets. I'm going to give away a spotlight. Ticket number 221. 221. All right. Number two, the balanced dads, the second tool I want to talk about. 
A dad that is on the level. You know, I don't know about you, but a laser level is a good tool. I mean, we, we hung some pictures in our new dining room. And, and it was great to be able to put that on the wall and draw a little line. And we got them hung. There's three of them in a row. I mean, like they're dead on. <laughs> it's great when something is on the level. Proverbs 27 tells us this. The righteous who walks in his integrity, blessed are the children after him. What about your integrity? Is your integrity something that your children, that your household sees no matter what? Even when nobody's looking, that you just do the right thing because it is the right thing? What an incredible thing. Dads are always striving. I mean, as dads, think about it. We're always trying. We're always trying to to balance so much. Because we have this weight that we carry. We've got a, we, we feel the responsibility of providing things for our family, but also having that time with our family. And it's a battle and it's a struggle. Because there's demands on both sides. And, and something happens when we get that out of balance. When all of a sudden that part's not level. Things can get off in the family. Yes, you need to provide for them. Yes, there are things that they need, but they also need you. But we're hardwired for that. So what do we must do? We must look for God's direction, look for God's balance and how to do those things, all the while demonstrating and handling everything on the level with integrity. Years later, my dad's been gone for a while. Obviously, working on this, I really begin to think again and anew about the impact that my father had on me. I still cherish a lot of those times. Thinking back on working on cars with my father or helping some project around the house that that at the time, I was like, I'd rather be doing this than helping him with whatever it was we were doing at the house. But yet looking back on it, I wouldn't take anything for it. My dad wasn't a world changer. Matter of fact, at his funeral, Pastor Rick DeBose, that is now the assistant superintendent of the Assemblies of God, um, crazy to think of, but he did the funeral. And one of the comments he made about my father was that he wasn't a world beater. He wasn't a, a person, that dynamic person that walked into the room and commanded the attention of everybody there. He wasn't a workaholic that built up a huge fortune. But you know what he was? He was there. He was on the level. He was solid. He was consistent. And because of that, I saw so much of an example. Because he was level, he molded my world. And I am so thankful for that. Oh, my father also expressed himself through discipline. 
There were times for that, for sure. I know it's not, uh, not too in the mainstream anymore, but my dad believed in spankings. I, I more than once did the spanking dance. You know what I'm talking about, where they have you by one arm and pull off the belt and they're leading you around in circles because you're trying to get away and you can't. Yeah. But you know what? Even as a kid, I knew that the way he handled it was never in anger. He took the time to explain why what was happening was happening. But then it changed when we reached 18. It was a different relationship. And I was talking to my brother this week. He called, and we just got to talking about Dad, and he was kind of sharing some of the things that, that we had and, and how things shifted when we kind of became young adults. Oh, he still had his opinions. He still tried to shine the light, but he handled it differently. We both had a very similar encounter. I mean, almost identical story. Anybody here, when you got your first vehicle, you naturally tested how fast it would go? I'd got my first job. I was, I was working at the uh, Sonic Drive-In on Broadway in Garland. And many times I would work late. And I got in a habit because Broadway there would be pretty empty the time of night. I'd be pulling out. And, and so I got in a habit of laying down the rubber headed back towards the house. Brother, the same thing. I'm telling you, almost identical stories. We were working on the vehicle. It was back when vehicles were mostly real-wheel drive. And he looked at the front tires and looked at the back tires. And separately, different times, he looked at both of us and said, been burning out. What am I going to do, lie? Yes, sir. Didn't get angry. Nothing. He just said, that set of tires was on me. The next one's on you. When we had to buy our next set of tires, my brother and I both, even though we're five years apart, learned a lesson. They're not cheap. The burning out went away. that relationship, that guidance. Sometimes even adults need direction. Do you ever notice that Jesus even uh, disciplined the disciples at times? I mean, and he kind of followed a little bit of the same pattern. You know, what did he say one time? They were walking. We know they had discussions over who was going to be the greatest in his kingdom. And, and they would arrive at a place and Jesus would stop and he'd say, what were you guys talking about when we were on the road? Can you imagine the stuttering that was going on? He's like, guys, let me tell you. To be first, you've got to be the servant of all. And then later on, when it hasn't, hadn't quite completely sunk in, what he does, okay, guys, let me show you what I mean. And he washed their feet. See, leading by example. Discipline is difficult at times, but it's something that has to be done. 
But we have to make sure even in that we take a balanced approach. Ephesians 6, 4 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Let them remember you as a man of integrity, a man that was on the balance, that did the right thing when nobody was looking. So I think somebody needs a laser level here. So if you get your tickets. Ticket number 206. 206. Okay, somebody, somebody want to check real quick? If not, we'll draw another, another one real quick. Somebody had to slip out. But next I want to talk about a supportive dad. The man for the job. And on this one, I was thinking about that. How do we how do we do that? Was it him? Okay. I'll let What's that? Oh. Yeah, well, I wasn't going to draw mine. But the man for the job. Now, I thought long and hard about this one, and I decided the best tool to find was a stud finder. Talk about a dad joke. I mean, who has not... At some point, what self-respecting man has not at some point put it on themselves just to make sure it's working? <laughs> we moved into our house. One of the first things we did was we decided where we wanted to, because it was great. They already had the piping in to run the wires and a plug-up high. So it was like, we're, mount, we're getting a mount. We're mounting the TV right here. So we did. We got the laser level to make sure we found our spot and got it level. And then I was like, you know what? I need to find a stud to attach this to. And even though she's been married to me for 33 years, I did. I took it, pushed the button, put it on my chest. and go, okay, now we know it's working. The stud finder. The man. The man for the job. And talk about a dad joke. That's a dad joke if ever there was a dad joke, right? But the truth is, you are intended to be God's stud for the home. That's his plan for you. Genesis 18, 19 says this, For I have chosen him, that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord. Now, how are they going to do that? Simple, it goes on, by doing righteousness and justice so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has promised to him. Now I realize this is talking about Abraham, and Abraham was God's chosen man to be the father of a nation. And God did incredible things to him. I mean, God, I mean generations later, what God would come on the scene and say, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I mean, how cool is that to have your name roll off of God's tongue when he's talking about generations of what he's trying to build? That's pretty cool. 
But guess what? God chose Joseph too. And we don't talk about that very much. Man, you have a Christmas production. Mary gets the big spot part. Joseph gets the part of pulling the donkey. Matter of fact, I can't even, I was trying to think of any lines of any play I've ever seen where he even says anything. But you know what? In reality, I don't believe for a moment that was a bit part in God's plan. I believe that Joseph was just as handpicked and hand chosen by God as Mary was. Because he was going to have influence over the very Son of God. So if God chose and picked the right stud to be the father of a nation, and he picked the right stud to be the father of his son, he picked the right stud to be the father of your home. You were chosen. You are not a father by accident. And a true daddy expresses his love by setting structure and boundaries in the home to be that support. You know, a dad himself is is one that's in the way of trouble that, that creates boundaries and so forth. And the father is charged with the duty of laying down at times. We're charged with the duty of laying down our life, of laying aside things that we want to do and accomplish. There are things that we want. They're like, you know what? For the greater good, for the protection, for the well-being of my home, I'm going to set that aside. I'm going to be that support. You see, you are the support stud in the home. You are the first line of defense. You are the lighter of the way. You are the one that draws the level line for the home. You are the man for the job. But the primary thing we can leave for our children as that anchor point is the legacy of salvation because of the cross of of Christ. They need to see that lived out in you. Some of the best things you can do to be that anchor point, to be that stud in the home, is for your kids to grow up seeing you with an open Bible in your hand. Seeing you and knowing what it sounds like to hear dad pray. So important. You know, I, I remember seeing my dad and, and I was so blessed that not only my father, but my grandfather, I had this example in front of me of solid men that served God, that knew that I saw the Bible opened. I remember as a, one of my memories of being a small, small kid was, was gathering in, in mom and dad's bedroom before we went to bed, and we all crawled up on the bed, and the Bible storybook would be opened up. And I've still got that Bible storybook, by the way. And a story would be read. 
and we would talk about it. And then we would pray. I can't tell you how many times I remember as a small kid, I still remember this, laying my head up against him and hearing his voice echo in his body as my ear was pressed up against him of him praying. What a legacy. What a, what a strong standard. And, and, you know, it was great. I never saw him cry very much. He was a man. But you get him talking about Jesus, and you'd see the little water begin to well up in the bottom of his eyes. And you know what's so incredible? A memory I will never forget. Even though later on he struggled with dementia and really went downhill. Some of you guys were around and you know that. But that center of Christ never went away. That blew my mind. He never forgot who we were. Uh, praise God we never got to that point. But but he, I mean, he would forget things. You know, I would go visit him and, and you know, he'd be glad to see us and, and, and I'd walk away to go use the restroom and, I mean, five minutes, come back and it was like we hadn't even been there. Well, it's great you came to visit. That stuff is tough. And his health deteriorated and things got worse and I'll never forget though. He was in the hospital and it was looking pretty bleak. He did recover from that and was moved to a uh, rehab center, but he only lasted two or three days and was gone. Some family came by to visit from Mississippi that uh, were connected. You know, my mom's sister, my aunt came by with her husband, my Uncle Barry, and they were standing there. So we're gathered around my dad's bed in the hospital. And we were getting ready to pray. And my Uncle Barry did something that was, that was pretty cool. He looked at my dad and he said, James, why don't you pray for us? Now here's this man that is struggling. All of a sudden, it was like that part of his life was 100% still intact. He prayed the most eloquent, most powerful prayer, prayed over everybody, and it was like dad was back for a moment. And I left that even after he passed away. And I said, you know what? The one thing he never lost was that presence of the Spirit was still there. That's the best legacy. That's the best foundation. That's the best support beam or stud or whatever you want to call it we can put in our family's lives. We need to use these tools as men. If we use the tools that God has given us as, as men and fathers and, and push forward, we can accomplish great things because we are the man for the job. First Thessalonians 2, 11 and 12 says, For you know how, like a father with his children, we ex exhorted each of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and his own kingdom and glory. You know, my dad never preached the message, but his life did. His life did. And so for the man 
that needs the occasional ego boost. I'm going to draw this ticket and then we're going to wrap it up. Ticket number 211. 211. All right, Lazarus. So you can tell Tammy I am the stud of the household. Daddy, the manly name for the father who impresses his children. How is your life's sermon going? Would your family look at you as a father and say, man, if I can just do that, if I can just be that, That should be our goal. We are the man for the job. Are you lighting the way? Are you constantly showing them this is the way we should go? Are you demonstrating where the level line is in your family? Being balanced. Are you the support beam? Are you modeling salvation for your family? Because most likely they're not going to become what you're not. We can, you know, we've all seen the do as I say, not as I do thing, right? How much better it is if what you say and what you do are the same thing. We've got a job. But you know what the great news is? I'm not beating you up this morning. You are the man. You've got the tools. You've got the capability. God called you to that role. And you know what? That's the greatest role you can have. What good does it do to win the whole world but lose your soul? And I'm going to add a little another to that. Lose the souls of your family. Let's be men. Let's let's lead our families well. Let's be a part of the church. You know what? The truly, and man, I could quote statistic after statistic, and I I pushed all that aside. But let's just say there's plenty of proof out there that much of what we're facing today is because of fatherless homes. So let's stand up and be the man. Let's let our lives preach that sermon. So that our kids grow up wanting to imitate that. Amen? Lord, I pray for all the fathers this morning. Lord, for those that are watching online and those that are here. Lord, it's a challenge. We have a responsibility. So Lord, I pray that if there's anybody here, Lord, that they would... that that. That for whatever reason they feel like they've fallen short, Lord, they just be encouraged to be challenged, Lord, because you don't ask us to do anything, that you don't give us the tools, that you don't give us the equipment to do it if we were just asked and follow you. And so, Lord, I pray that you would be with each of these fathers, that you would bless them. Lord, give them an incredible day today. Let them know that they are loved, that they are appreciated. 
And Lord, let them let their light shine for you, Lord, and be the fathers that they're supposed to be according to your will and according to your purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Happy Father's Day. And uh, what's that? Those are the ones that are online. So God bless you. Uh, Billy, stand at the back if you'd like to contribute on your way out. For those watching online, have a great Father's Day.